Hi, everyone. I am back again with Pam Hoffey. If you did not listen to last week's episode, I would highly recommend that you do that, where we talked about Avalon's return to the rivers and what you can do with Avalon in 2021. But today we are going to talk about 2022. So Pam, I'm going to ask you again, how are you? I'm doing fantastic. I'm so happy to be talking about getting back on the rivers uh, starting on July 20th in 2021 and was, you know, just so happy to have the chance to talk to you about what we have coming up for 2022 because there has been a lot going on uh, at Avalon. Uh, While our ships were resting, our people and our product and planning team were definitely not resting. (laughs) We have a lot of new things happening for 2022. So for those of you who, again, missed it, we talk about all the health and safety protocols, all of those things in the last episode. So today we are going to focus on 2022 and and the itineraries and what's new. So we're going to start with our favorite thing. Well, actually, I'm not going to say our favorite thing, our second favorite thing to talk about, which is the active and discovery cruises. I'm Go ahead and launch into it because I know that you are super passionate about these itineraries. Yes, they they absolutely are my favorite. They're my favorite because they include all sorts of things that I love to do when I'm traveling. And, you know, the itineraries themselves, just to give a little bit of background before I talk about what's new, they're really built differently from the ground up. And they are the itineraries are done at a different pace to allow for more time in port, which I think is really ideal. And it gives a lot more time for people to get out and do things. And every itinerary and every day has typically at least three choices, sometimes more choices of included excursions that guests can choose between. And there are things like, um, so on the discovery side, there are things like um, going to a winery and talking to the winemaker and tasting wines, going to a brewery, um, a painting class, which I did with uh, Ralph uh, back in Amsterdam a few years ago and he was kind of dragging his feet about going and then had a great time and loved the painting class (laughs) and loves to tell the story about how the painting is upstairs in our Airbnb now (laughs) exactly exactly and so you know but the good thing about it is that he would he he did it because he did it to entertain me because I wanted to go to painting class (laughs) but there's a choice and so you don't it's the painting class is there for people who that's their passion but if that wasn't your passion there's a bicycling uh, trip instead or there's the classic sightseeing of Amsterdam that you can do and so everybody gets to pick and choose and that's what's so fun about these and when you come back on board and you're having lunch you know everybody talks about what you do today and we actually have people who've done some of these itineraries more than once because they hear about the things other people did and they say oh I want to come back and do that because there are just so many choices of things to do. So that gives a little bit of background about active and discovery and um, some of the differences on these itineraries. So I talked a little bit about, I guess I didn't give, go all the way through it. So the discovery excursions, what those might be active, I think are you know relatively self-explanatory. Lots of bicycling options, hiking, um, even canoeing trips. Uh, there's a hike into a cave where you taste wine in southern France. So all sorts of really great um, excursions. And then there's also always kind of a more classic style of sightseeing. So having an expert local guide take you um, into a local museum. But in uh, in our case, it's with early morning access to where you're the only people in the museum. Uh, all sorts of, of, you know, the traditional 
more classic style of sightseeing is also always an option. So there really truly is something for everyone every day on, on these itineraries. So don't let the name active and discovery ever scare anyone off that they think, oh, I'm not active. I don't, I'm, I'm not going to wear Lycra every day. Somebody said that to me and it made me laugh once <laughs> that they didn't look good in Lycra. They couldn't go on these trips. And I was like, well, nobody, nobody expects you to wear Lycra, one. <laughs> and two, you don't actually have to do the active excursions. Not everybody there is on board for that. It's just that that happens to be one of the options. And so for, uh, for a lot of people, that is why they choose these itineraries because, you know, and for me, that's why I love these itineraries because those are the things I like to do. But it doesn't mean that that's the only type of person who's on board these because there are so many different choices. Um, so we had we had and have had cruises on the Danube, the Rhine, and on the uh, Rhone River for years. We launched uh, in Holland and Belgium uh, in 2021, and we missed operating those because they were predominantly time. And then we had some uh, earlier in the season that unfortunately we aren't able to operate. So that one will actually be now technically be new in 2022. Um, but for 2022, we also just introduced two additional itineraries. So we've added active and discovery on the Moselle, which is uh, just a beautiful river. And if somebody has uh, has been river cruising before and you've done the Danube and you've done the Rhine, maybe you've even been to France, the Moselle would certainly be the next choice. And even if you haven't, been river cruising and you just are looking for something a little bit more off the beaten path, the Moselle is a great choice. It's a beautiful river. Um, but this cruise sails between Luxembourg and Frankfurt. Um, so through the you know prime wine growing region in Germany where all the best Rieslings are, are produced. And so lots of wine excursions on this trip, um, tons of beautiful bike rides and hikes. Uh, and great sightseeing in Luxembourg, going to uh, the Schengen area, um, going to uh, explore Burn Castle, going to see different castles. I mean, all great classic style excursions as well. So that's one of the new ones. And then the other new one is on the Seine. So traveling one way from uh, Paris to La Havre. And um, so that gives us most of our, currently our Seine itinerary is round trip Paris. And so this one slows down pace a little bit because we're sailing one way. So it gives us more time in port. And um, again, just really great excursions in this. So some of the examples of the discovery excursions, we go to the monastery where the liqueur Benedictine was uh, created and you do a cocktail class there. Um, going to Chantilly Castle and making Chantilly cream, which I don't, I, I watch Amazing Race. I don't know if that, if you happen to watch that show uh, or if any of your listeners do, but they actually went to Chantilly Castle and made Chantilly cream on the last, uh, the last version of that. Kind of fun that that's something that was, you know, just recently on, uh, on this great travel show. And it's one of the choices on, on our active and discovery program. Uh, and then also, again, tons of biking trips and hiking trips. And of course, because we're going up to Normandy, the classic excursion, um, going up to the landing beaches that, you know, I just think Avalon does a phenomenal job with. Um, and, and I give all that credit to our, to our team on board. We, we have options for, 
American travelers to go to the um, sites that are most important to to our history. There's a version for Canadians and British travelers that go to those sites. And it's just uh, a really well done excursion to go and see the important, um, you know, history behind those those landing beaches up in Normandy. Yeah, absolutely. That is such a powerful trip. And I've heard so many people come back and talk about that. Or, you know, for a lot of people, that's the reason behind the river cruise in general, because they want to go and see that because they have some sort of history tied to that. Absolutely. Uh, And it's, it's something that when you're in that region, um, you know, a lot of the people there are, will come up to you, ask, and thank you. Um, and it's really a special experience and, uh, to be there is very moving and, uh, to be at the American cemetery there and walk among those incredibly brave people, uh, and, you know, and to, to history, hear the story of those days, uh, it's, it's very powerful. And as you said, it is, it is one of the main reasons that people choose that itinerary and then I think they're just surprised about everything else that is that is uh, that happens on that itinerary because there's incredible art on that itinerary um, one of the options is going to Monet's Giverny and uh, another option uh, there are Van Gogh uh, there's Van Gogh history in that region also and going to the town where Van Gogh actually passed and there's 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 an incredible tour there where you can see um, they they put up signs that show a painting that he did and stood and made this painting. So there's really incredible art. There's great food, of course, with Normandy being known for cheese and um, dairy products and, you know, just France in general with the pastries and everything else. You know, there's everything that you could want on that itinerary. But as you said, most people's dominant reason for taking it is that trip up to the landing beaches. Yeah. I want to, I want to backtrack. That's, that all sounds fabulous. I want to backtrack for one second though, because you mentioned something and I didn't want to interrupt you as you were going on talking about all these wonderful itineraries, but that so often when people hear that term active in discovery, that they, they do have this tendency to say, oh, well, I'm not an active person or this or that. But something that I often mention when we're talking about these itineraries is that they are such a good option for multi-generational families that are traveling together. Um, I, I think that this would be a good trip. I think I've I've definitely said this before for my grandmother and me because we can go off and do different things. And so I always like to point that out is that, yeah, there is the certain connotation that comes with the active component, but that's not the only component to these trips. And they could be a really, really good option for maybe um, a, a younger traveler that's my age, you know, in their 20s and then someone in their 70s and 80s because you do have those ranges of activities. No, and I love that you that you picked up on that, and we actually do see quite a bit of that. And uh, you know, um, multi generational with teenagers, I would say, is the youngest that I would start out with the as the youngest generation because that really is the best fit for river cruising. If uh, you go a lot, you know, our our age range actually can start at eight. That's what our that's what our um, age limit is we don't allow children under eight but the reality is that for these itineraries i would say you know early teens is probably the right age to be thinking about um, as a starting age but 
even as you said, your age and your grandmother, it's such a great way because everybody can go off and do their own thing and come back at, and meet at meals, have, you know, a great time sailing on board, talk about the different experiences that you had and take some of the same excursions because there are going to be a lot of things that interest both of you that you can do together as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. Like going on a wine tasting and a Absolutely. And making yeah. and painting. I, I mean, everything sounds so good. It's like I could, I, you could list off everyone. And as, as you said, it's like choosing your favorite child. It's like everyone, there's something that I want to do. So that's, that's great. But you also have some new itineraries coming um, that are not active in discovery. You have these storyteller cruises. Can you talk a little bit about those? Absolutely. And uh, as I said, you know, we we just have really taken this opportunity over the last year to to come up with some some new things that are really exciting. And the Storyteller Cruises is just one of those. Uh, So we have done they're, you know, celebrity hosted, I guess, is an easy way to describe it. But that didn't really tell the story, um, pun intended, I guess, (laughs) of what these are. And so Storyteller Cruise Series is what we is what we landed on. So we have done these in the past. Uh, we have had some godmothers of our ships who, um, you know, just fell in love with Avalon and wanted to and were willing to host cruises for us before. So uh, we had done uh, some in the past with a woman named Jan Arden, who I think is better known in Canada. And it was mostly Canadians who who sailed on those cruises. She's a, a musician. And uh, so we've done cruises with her in the past. We've uh, done cruises with Diana Gabaldon, who is the author of the Outlander series. She's uh, the godmother of our ship, the Tapestry 2, the one that sails uh, to Paris on the Paris and Normandy itinerary, actually. And she's done this a couple times for us. And we just thought, wouldn't this be a great thing to expand and find more um, writers and musicians that you know, really resonate with Avalon travelers and that have uh, fans that would want to travel with them. And so we've expanded this. Uh, we we have the Diana Gabaldon cruise in 2021. That one is actually almost sold out. So that's the first one in the series. And then in 2022, we have just a great um, big variety beyond, uh, you know, taking this, blowing this out quite a bit. So the first um, is with Jillian Flynn, uh, who was, is the author of um, Gone Girl and lots of other uh, kind of thriller type novels. If if, uh, hopefully some of the listeners are familiar. Um, One of the things that she writes that she talked about when we were talking to her about coming on a river cruise is that she, you know, grew up alongside a river in the middle of America and she's always kind of been mesmerized by rivers. And when she talked about where her writing comes up and comes from and her her growing up she talks about how she went to see um the movies alien psycho and uh and other kind of movies like that at a at a um, questionable age like seven years old is what she said and so maybe that's where where some of these thoughts come from and so she just sounds like she will be a lot of fun to sail with and has a great fan base uh, to join her so that's one um, Candace Bushnell who uh, wrote the Sex and the City um, books and so many other you know uh, so many other books just brings me to my mid twenties where, uh, and my thirties where I had to be home in order to 
uh, sex in the city at a certain time. I'd have friends over. We had sex in the city, you know, parties when it was the night sex in the city was on. And so this is just really fun to have her as part of our Avalon family. And she's going to be uh, sailing on the Seine, which I think is just so appropriate with, um, you know, the end of Sex in the City with Carrie being in Paris for anyone who was a fan. Um, and she talks about, you know, just the great pleasures of life being the setting and being able to enjoy art, history, food, and camaraderie on a river cruise on the Seine. Um, so she's just really excited to be hosting that trip. Um, the next one is Cheryl Strayed, who um, wrote the her memoir Wild. And uh, many people, if you if there are people who didn't read it, they might be more familiar with the movie uh, that Reese Witherspoon um, starred in. And I think there's kind of a fun fact that the book Wild was actually the first selection for Oprah's book club when she started it. Uh, and you know Cheryl said that you know, travel's just been such a source of inspiration, rejuvenation for her. Um, and also something I thought was really interesting is that she, when she posted about hosting this cruise, she actually said to her fans that she didn't think cruising was for her, that she never wanted to be stuck on a ship. And that once when Avalon approached her, that she was kind of like, hmm, cruising's not for me. But then once she looked at it and she learned more about what we do, and about river cruising and that you're really not stuck on a ship with a lot of people. It, you're out in port most of the time and you're exploring and the river cruise ship is a you know beautiful ship and it's a way to get you between, um, between destinations, but it really is about the destination. And she said that sold her. She was really interested in going. And I think that's, I think that's, um, I thought that was really interesting because there are so many people who, who aren't a hundred percent sold and don't understand exactly what river cruising is. And she was one of them. And uh, once she really looked at it, realized it was for her. And so I thought that was, that was really interesting um, that she shared that with her fans. Yeah, absolutely. And especially when we talk about, you know, these, these things like what Avalon's doing with the active and discovery cruises and, and us as young people. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm younger than most people in this industry for sure at, at 26. Um, but, but it is, it's, there's so much more to river cruising than, than what you've heard or, or cruising in general is when someone says to me, cruising isn't for me, I just say that's because you haven't found the right cruise. There are so many, so many different options. Um, so I think that that's a, a fantastic point. And especially with the approach that Avalon is taking with the Avalon choice and with the active and discovery uh, and with the storyteller, you know, you're reaching these broader demographics. And I think that that's really important. And that, yes, there is so much about river cruising to be adored by people who are who are young and still working and not 80 years old and want to sit in a lounge. I know there are 80 year olds who might go on the bike rides, too, but, you know. Yeah, well, and, and river cruising is also for the 80-year-olds who want to sit in the lounge. It truly Absolutely. is for everyone. Absolutely. And that's, I think that's what's so fabulous is that, um, but, I, but I think we really have grown beyond that image of it's for people who just want to sit in the lounge and look at the view because there is so much more to river cruising. And I was thrilled that she recognized that and pointed it out. And, you know, I would guess she's probably around my age, so I'll be 50 this year. And, um, you know, we really are the next generation of people who are coming right into uh, into river cruising. And it's exciting to see, and it was exciting for her to be so 
um, positive and energetic about about this trip, and we're thrilled to have her hosting it. So we still we have a couple more um, to talk about. So Christopher Moore, who um, writes kind of sarcasm and satire type novels, um, he is going to be hosting a cruise on the Rhine River. He's written 17 novels, um, many New York Times bestsellers. Um, many are set in Europe, actually, and so uh, that's that's kind of fun. And he's just really excited to to share his love of travel with, uh, with some of his fans on the river. And then we do have one musician uh, at, at this point. We're still, there may be another one coming, we'll see. Um, but Edwin McCain, who um, was, is called The Great Romantic by the New York Times, um, he's got about a 20-year career with, you know, really enduring love songs. I think the most famous is probably I'll Be, uh, in terms of if some, if that name, if, you don't recognize the name Edwin and McCain. You certainly um, know that song, I'm guessing. And, um, you know, what he said is something that really struck me. And um, that as a musician, he loves performing in small venues. And when you think about it, the ship that he'll be on is 166 guests. So when you take out total, when you take out the rooms for the band, you know, you're down to probably 150 guests on board the ship. And so, this, these will be concerts that Edwin McCain will be doing for 150 people, which is pretty incredible to think about. And so that's, that's just a really special experience that our guests, that Avalon travelers who travel on this cruise with Edwin McCain will be able to say that I'm guessing not many people will be able to say they've been to, you know, they've sailed with these people, one. And, you know, these people aren't just coming on to sign, to do a book signing. They'll be traveling on the whole cruise. And so what a great experience. And then, you know, to have concerts in these small venues with, uh, with someone like what Edwin McCain is pretty, pretty spectacular experience and we're all looking for those memories (laughs) absolutely absolutely I love this collection and hearing you talk about it is so exciting and I Jillian Flynn if you haven't read Sharp Objects you should or watch the HBO series um but yes how I haven't seen the series yet but I read the book so I I need to I need to watch the series next yeah, exactly. I'm a big thriller fan, so I could talk about that forever. Um, but we have more to talk about. <laughs> we need to talk about your theme sailings for 2022 as well. And so some some are reschedule of 2020. I know. Do you want to talk about? I'm if you notice, I'm avoiding saying the word because I can't pronounce <laughs> it. So I'm gonna let you take. Yeah. I'm gonna let you okay. take that one. So- so there are two big events happening in 2022. So lots of reasons to travel in 2022 beyond our new itineraries and our storyteller series. Um, you know, Europe is hosting two major events. So the first one is Oberammergau, the one that you say you can't say, but I'm gonna I'm gonna get you saying that uh, before we're done. So Oberammergau is a city in uh, in Germany. It's near Munich, uh, and the, there's a great history there uh, that the that goes back uh, and it's uh, it's an event where they do they reenact the passion play and uh, history is that the entirety of Europe was being affected by the plague and the people of Oberammergau said that um, they would do this if their town could be spared and they have for since that time, you know, performed this play every 10 years. So it is a, um, 
a, an event that only happens every 10 years. It was scheduled for 2020 and was rescheduled to 2022. Uh, we were basically sold out for 2020. Uh, we still have some space for 2022 because we added extra cruises. With uh, We were able to get more tickets, so uh, mostly on the Rhine. If you're looking to do a cruise and uh, go to Oberammergau, we do have a Danube cruise as well. So we have our Danube Dreams cruise where at the end of the cruise you uh, get off the ship in Degendorf and uh, venture then over to Oberammergau and experience the Passion Play and then fly home from Munich. We do have very limited space left on that one, but we were able to get more tickets for our romantic Rhine cruises. So these are the cruises that go between um, Amsterdam and Basel, uh, Switzerland, and the Oberammergau section will either be pre-cruise, where you start with uh, the, the uh, extension in Oberammergau or post-cruise, and those will be from Basel to, to uh, Oberammergau with a little land extension in between. So there's that opportunity. And then the other, um, the other big event that also only happens every 10 years is the Floriad um, event that happens. It, it moves around. Um, it moves around Holland, and this year it is in 2022. It'll be in Alsmere, which is quite close to Amsterdam. Uh, but we'll actually have cruises that will go um, near that port. Uh, a couple of them where the the Floriad exhibition is included as a choice. So that's on our Tulips of Northern Holland itinerary, as well as on our Active and Discovery in Holland and Belgium itinerary. That we, uh, because our ships, uh, not every ship can actually go to that area. It has to be one of the smaller ships at 110 meters, and we have some of those. And so we'll be actually including it as a stop for those itineraries. Uh, we'll, it, any trip that goes to Amsterdam during that time frame, there will be an option to go to Floriad in 2022 as an excursion though. So guests, um, guests will have the opportunity on any cruise that visits Amsterdam um, during the months that Floriad is, is taking place. That is, this is such a great lineup. I mean, just hearing about the storytellers, about these special events, I, I just, I, I'm so excited for 2022 and I'm so excited for you all. And I'm so excited for 2021. And it's just, you're really my first interview since things have come back. And so talking to you and, and, and hearing about all this stuff, it just gets me so excited. And I hope that all of the listeners are, are equally excited. Well, there are so many reasons to look forward to travel just after after all of us having a break for a year and a half from international travel, at least. I should say most of us. I guess there are some people who maybe have traveled a bit. I know I haven't traveled internationally in, in close to a year and a half now. So um, there's just so much to look forward to. And it does feel like like we're rounding that corner and, and we're there. So it's very exciting. I love that I'm your first... Uh, your first guest back and your first interview. So thank you so much for inviting us and uh, giving me the chance to share everything that exciting that's coming up with Avalon. Absolutely. And before I let you go, I mentioned that we were going to talk about our, our second favorite subject, which was the active and discovery. But our first favorite thing to talk about, or at least I'm going to speak for you because I assume that I, I assume that I'm incorrect in saying this, um, is, is sustainability. And we talked, we talked a lot about sustainability in the interview that we did last year. So I will link that. But I know that you had mentioned that Avalon has some new sustainability initiatives um, for, that, are, that are coming up. So do you want to talk a little bit about those before, before you go? Sure. 
Absolutely. And you're right. It is definitely, um, I, it is probably my favorite subject. You're right. Uh, you can speak for me. And I know okay. it's one of yours, too, if not your, your favorite. So um, we do have we had not talked about sustainability a lot. And then uh, we it didn't mean we weren't doing anything. We just hadn't really talked about it a lot. And then over the last few years, we really have started, you know, formalizing um what we were doing in a way that we were talking about it more. And um, it really is an important piece of what we're doing. So we removed single-use plastics from our ships in 2020. Um, we didn't operate in 2020, but the, that process still took place. Um, and so now we aren't doing bottled water anymore on board, for example. Uh, we have these uh, fantastic water stations and we didn't just put in regular old water stations we found ones they're called be well and in addition to providing regular water they also do vitamin enhanced water which is really cool as an option um, we also have reduced our paper use on board by 80 percent and we're uh, planning to take that even further so we invested in onboard signage with uh, beautiful screens all over the ship to give our guests the information they needed at the right time without needing paper, as well as uh, our Avalon Go app, which uh, gives them turn-by-turn directions without using the internet or their or their data. Uh, it's all GPS-based, so we encourage everyone to download that before they leave home so that they have access to it when they're traveling, because we're putting even more into that app. Uh, we'll be putting our daily newsletter that used to be put on your bed at turndown, uh, into the app instead, uh, as well as menus. So guests who still want them printed will be able to do that, obviously, for them. But our hope is that most people prefer to have these things on their device, and it will help us get our paper usage down to next to nothing on board. That really is our goal. Um, there is no time I when past- I don't take a picture of that piece of paper so that I have it on my phone. I know, me anyway. too. Yeah. Well, that's exactly what we talked about. I take a picture of the piece of paper and then it sits there in my room from that moment on. So why are we printing the piece of paper when most people want it on their phone anyway? Yeah. Yep. So, no, you're absolutely right. And I, I'm sure that if we were, if the two of us were doing it, a lot of other people were doing it because it's just far more convenient to have it on your phone. Um, so, so that's that's coming, and I, I think it's it's definitely you know. Definitely time to do it. And and as I said, our goal is to get down to very little paper use on board if if we can get to nothing even better. But we do recognize that not everyone has these devices, not everyone's as comfortable using them. So if you if guests still want printed uh, things, we will still print for them uh, on demand. Um, so I also think I talked about ocean cleanup the last time I was here, which was yes. relatively a, a new partnership for us at that point in time where we had uh, made the decision that for every guest who chose to take electronic documents versus getting something mailed, uh, we were making a donation to Ocean Cleanup. And when we committed to that, it was probably kind of an odd choice since we're a river cruise line that we picked you know, ridding the world of uh, the world's oceans of plastics, but it just did feel like the right the right choice for us in terms of an environmental initiative to fund. Uh, if people aren't familiar with Ocean Cleanup, it is an incredible organization and uh, based in Holland. And this relatively young man 
thought up this idea when snorkeling in uh, snorkeling or diving uh, in Greece and saw more plastic. He saw more plastic than fish in the ocean and thought we have to do something about this. There has to be a way to fix this. And so um, he has invented basically this boom that is collecting the plastic in the Pacific, the Great Pacific Garbage Patch, and it is working. And the goal is to have 50% of that patch cleaned within five years. And so um, we've become partners of theirs. And the interesting thing is after we made the commitment, um, he next came up with something called the Interceptor, which actually does have to do with rivers um, because – the the reality is most of the plastic comes into the ocean from a certain number of rivers in the world. Most of them are in Asia, few in South America. And um, if we put these interceptors at the mouth of every river, the plastic can be collected before it makes its way to the ocean. And the plastic can then be taken and recycled from there. So these are pretty exciting things that are happening with ocean cleanup. And so we're thrilled to be their partner. And um, so on the sustainability side for Avalon, we actually found most of our guests were choosing electronic documents because they wanted to make that donation to ocean cleanup and they were just happy to have the electronic documents. So we actually made the decision over the last year to just switch 100% to electronic documents. And so that's another, you know, change for the environment. And I do, I do say it's a change for the environment because it wasn't in order to save money in that mailing because we are uh, making that commitment to ocean cleanup in lieu of sending the documents out. So that is still in place. And then the biggest thing um, that I wanted to talk about is a new initiative from our parent company, the Globus Family of Brands. Uh, so uh, Avalon is part of a, a larger organization, um, family-owned company called the Globus Family Brands, and we announced um, something called the Lighthouse Project uh, probably about a month ago. And it's it was a way when we, we thought about all of these different things we were supporting. So Ocean Cleanup being one, another one is called that is, you know, near and dear to our hearts is called Landmine Design. That's an organization in um, Cambodia where uh, these, it's uh, a town that's, uh, it's called Landmine, Landmine Design because the town is actually built in an area full of landmines. And there are not a lot of opportunities for work, especially for women. And so the women in this village were at great risk for human trafficking. And um, uh, a woman who's actually from Colorado, which is where our U.S. headquarters are, um, went to this village and taught these women how to make jewelry, how to make beads, and then to make jewelry from these beads made of paper. And uh, instead of buying the traditional giveaways for trade shows and, and launches, things like that, you know, pens, pads of paper, et cetera, we started buying bracelets made by the women in this village. And that was our initial giveaway. And, and our orders in the first year um, employed 12 women. And in the second year, it grew to employing 24 women. And now we are having scarves made and all sorts of different things. So, um, you know, that's another example. We've been, uh, we have a program through our touring brands in North America called the Tourism Icons um, or Travelers Icons program. And we fund, diff- we grant, uh, give grants to different, um, communities. We focused over the last few years on uh, the native populations and communities. So the um, 
we, there are various organizations. Uh, we've also looked at the National Parks Program, so we've funded different grants at the National Parks, mostly based on educating children um, to to want to preserve and understand the importance of the parks programs. So uh, the native one, a good example, uh, the Squamish Lilliwatt Center outside of Whistler. We're doing a grant with them right now. Um, so we looked at all of these things and we said, our, we'd like to have a way for us to be able to invite our travelers and our partners to support these causes as well. That means so much to us. So that's what our lighthouse project is about. You know, the, the lighthouse shines the light on things. So we, our thoughts were that every month we would shine the light on a project that's focused on either people, the place, or the planet. And the first month we chose ocean cleanup and we invited our, our guests and our partners to go and buy these really great sunglasses, which we also, you know, bought ourselves as giveaways to our partners. Um, but they're making sunglasses out of the plastic that they cleaned up out of the Great Pacific Garbage Patch. So that's really cool. And it's a great fundraiser uh, for them. So that was our first one. And now this month, we're shining the light on Landmine Design, who I mentioned, um, I, I talked about already that organization in Cambodia. So that's an exciting new uh, initiative in our sustainability program is our lighthouse project. So lots happening um, and always, always more, um, you know, we're working with more ports to, to uh, develop um, electric stations so that we can turn off our generators when we're in port. We always use shoreside power whenever we're in port because it allows us to turn off our engines. Um, and we're working with more communities uh, to, you know, hopefully build more of that and even sustainable electricity uh, to allow us to to do that even more because it makes for a nicer experience as well as being better for the environment and better for those communities because they don't have the ships sitting there idling. I always love that when we talk about sustainability, you know, so often it is just, oh, well, we got rid of single use plastics. Oh, we did this, these things that were impacting directly. But the fact that you always take it and even if other companies are, are doing similar things, but that you still look at this as these things as just sustainability initiatives, because employing women in, in a town where they don't have an opportunity or might get taken, you know, that is that is an important pillar of sustainability and and in preserving national parks and things like that and looking outside of Europe outside of the rivers and and looking to the oceans and and places that need help I always appreciate that those are included in that sustainability conversation as well and not just oh well we we got rid of paper and plastic which you're also doing so I'm always impressed by by Avalon and I think that you guys are really, really taking great initiative and, and it makes me really happy, quite honestly. So it makes me happy too. It it is definitely something I mean, there are so many reasons to be proud of uh being part of the Globus Family Brands and of Avalon Waterways in particular, but that is absolutely one of them. So thank you for thanks for saying that because it does mean a lot to us as an organization and um doing the right thing is is important to our shareholders uh, to our executive team it's important to our travelers so it's a reason to to be doing all of this and and i appreciate you saying that absolutely well 
I guess that that was our favorite thing. So do we end it on our on our favorite thing? Or is there anything else that we think, need to talk about? No, I, I think it's the perfect ending. You know, <laughs> I, I, I think it's ideal. And, and again, thanks so much for for having me here. There's so much to look forward to. And uh, I look forward to us finally doing that active and discovery cruise together. It's gonna okay. happen. <laughs> well, that was that was actually the best way to end it by inviting me on a ship. But <laughs> I do have to impress you before you go. Oberammergau. Okay, you're going to say it? You got it. All right, good job. <laughs> there we go. Thank you so much for joining me. <laughs> Thank you so much, Britton. Take care, and I look forward to talking to you again soon. 